Lord. Hallelujah. God is a good God. Whoo, man, I want to encourage y'all to uh, share, share, share. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, we're doing things a little bit different since we've got a uh, majority of folks are still at, at home. And um, thank you, Lord Jesus. So we've got uh, Jamaica, and I'm just looking at giving a shout out to everybody that I can see here that's watching. Uh, Karen is with us, Karen Smith, and um, Sharon Shaw, Carol, my sister-in-law, Deborah Lane. Where's, where's, where's my other sister-in-laws? Where's Jackie? Where's, where's Fluky? All right. All right. I said, okay, Jamaica, Deborah. All right. And Jeff and Molly. Okay. I don't know if Jeff is there. Molly's nearby. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, Angie. What's up, Angie? Nisi, Nicole. All right. Pastor, when are you going to preach? When I feel like it. Jackie says she's here. Go on and comment and, and greet one another in the chat room. And um, thank you, Lord. All right. So I'm going to shut this off here. And um, I want to commend you, whether no matter where you're watching, those that are here physically, those that are watching online, for you set aside time in the week. This is very important that, um, you know, Jesus was was raised from the dead on the first day of the week on a Sunday, on a Sunday morning. And um, there's something about gathering together as a body. You're on the first day of the week. What, you, what you're doing is you're setting the pace for the rest of the week. But first, thank you for reminding me about the confession today. Let's, uh, let's say this together. I am greatly blessed, highly favored, and hold up, hold up, hold up. And I know sometimes I forget to do this, but when we do it, it's important. And um, it's not that we have to say this every week, but we need to remind ourselves of who we are. Philemon says, uh, Philemon 6, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by acknowledging every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. So we're acknowledging who we are in Christ. Thank you, Lord. You are valuable. These things that we're, we're talking about, we're free, we're accepted, we're approved. Amen. We're highly favored. We're, we're loved by the Father. I mean, we, we need to remind ourselves of these things. And when you, when you believe this, um, you cannot lose. Hallelujah. All right. So let's, let's, let's do it again. Amen. Start over. I am greatly blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved by you. I am the disciple who Jesus loves. I am my father's favorite child. I am the apple of his eye. I am well-pleasing in his sight. I receive the love that my father has for me. Everything I do and touch shall be blessed because I am the beloved. I am loved, righteous, blessed, prosperous, redeemed, forgiven, talented, creative, confident, secure, disciplined, Focus, prepared, qualified, motivated, valuable, free, determined, equipped, empowered, anointed, accepted and approved, not average, not mediocre, holy, flawless, without blemish, blameless, and free from accusation. I am a child of the Most High God. I will become all I was created to be. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We're going to, uh, let's go ahead and receive our communion. And, and let me pick up where I left off before our confession. When we gather together the first day of the week, even while, while you're there at home and joining in with us, um, 
you're taking time out. You're doing what Mary did at Martha's house. You're sitting at Jesus' feet hearing his word. And Jesus said that Mary chose the good part. He said one thing is necessary, and Mary chose the good part. You are choosing the good part this morning. And by doing this, you're setting the pace for the rest of your week. I, be, I believe that gathering together, doing the, th this is, listen, gathering together, the Bible tells us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner or the habit of some. But you have chosen the good part. Thank you, Lord. This is the most important thing that you will do for the rest of your week. Sitting at Jesus' feet, hearing his word, gathering together with the believers, you're setting the pace for the rest of the week. And Jesus gave us a pattern of that when he rose from the dead. After Jesus rose from the dead, he, he did a very mundane thing. I mean, here, here's, here's somebody who died on the cross, took our sins that we might become righteous, saved the world, the most important event in the history of mankind. And he rose victorious over Satan, sin, sickness, disease, poverty, death, hell, and the grave. Wow. Man, he could have came out, came, I mean, he, after he rose from the dead, he could have walked around and said, hey, y'all, look at here, look at here. I'm somebody, y'all. You know what I just did? I just whipped the devil. I just saved the world. But you know what he did? He started walking with two friends. Two of his disciples. They weren't one uh, two of the twelve, but they were yet his disciples. And he chose to do something as mundane as walk with them. And, and God kept their eyes from knowing who he was. I believe that, that he established a pattern for the first day of the week. He hung out with his friends. And he opened up the scriptures to them. And, and God um, kept them from knowing who he was. Kept them from recognizing him. And why do you think he did that? See, because the Bible tells us that we don't know Jesus after the flesh anymore. He was showing them and showing us that it's not important. No, let me, let me put a pin there. Uh, man, I, I have to admit, it would have to be exciting to have seen him after he rose from the dead and, and actually to see Jesus in the flesh, to, to walk with him those three and a half years, to actually see him. But you know there's something more important than that? The fact that God kept their, kept their eyes from recognizing him and then he expounded in, in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. He opened up the word that they had at that time, Moses and the, 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 the law and the prophets. And he expounded the word to them. So why did, why did he keep them from knowing who he was? Because he was establishing for us that it's not important that we know him after the flesh. It's important for us to see him in the word. Wow. I mean, just think about that, man. He, he's opening up the Bible. It's kind of like me if, if, if there was such a thing, if, if there was, a, just imagine there was a, a biography of me in a, in a book and and you came up to me, and I started opening up my biography. Go to chapter 1. Here, here, this, is, this is me as a father. Go to chapter 2. This is me as a husband. Go to chapter 3. This is me as a pastor. Go to chapter 4. Here's, this is me as a friend. You might say, like, hold up. You're standing right there. Tell me about yourself. I, I don't want to read that because <laughs> you're standing there. I mean, th think about that. Jesus is walking with them. 
And instead of just telling them, hey, this is me, y'all. Y'all, look at here. I am risen. No. He expounded in all this, the scriptures the things concerning himself. I said all that to say it's important that what we're doing, we're gathering together, and I just bent my bread and everything. Broke it, rather. Okay, so we are gathered together, and now we're breaking bread together. You're setting the tone for the rest of your week. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. We don't know you after the flesh. Father, but we know you in our hearts. We know you in the spirit. We, we just thank you that you've made us heirs of God, joint heirs with you. Glory to God. We just, we give you the glory and give you praise. Thank you for strength and energy right now. There, there are those that are watching that your, your body's weak right now for some reason. You, cannot, you don't understand it. But strength is coming in your body in Jesus' name. Some of you are dealing with symptoms of, of the uh, coronavirus. I call you well in the name of Jesus. By Jesus' stripes, you were healed. God is healing you right now. Just reach out and receive it. Don't give in to fear. You will live and not die. Don't be afraid. God sees you. He knows who you are. You are loved. Mm, thank you, Lord. Go ahead and receive. Receive your healing. If you need healing today, go ahead and receive your healing right now. Thank you, Lord. And I, I just sense right now a really closeness among our Summit family, a Summit nation, even though those that are, are not here uh, physically, Lord. We're, uh, as I shared last night, or excuse me, last week, though absent, in the flesh, Paul said, I'm with you in spirit. Right now, as we receive communion, we're together in the spirit. And Paul said, I, behold, I beheld your, beholding your glory, uh, excuse me, your, your or the, I'm beholding your, stead, the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. Beholding your good order. Thank you, Lord. God is, some of you feel forgotten. You're not forgotten. God is with you. God is turning things around in your life. Glory to God. This is ministry time right now. I'm just following the spirit of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for ministering to your people. Yokes are being destroyed right now by the anointing. Thank you, Lord Jesus. By Jesus' stripes, you were healed. Thank you, Lord. Jesus' body was broken that you could be healed. By Jesus' stripes, you were healed. Forget not all his benefits who heals all your diseases. Let's partake of the bread together. You're partaking of more health right now. It's because of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. God is a good God. Thank you for the blood. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood that you shed for us. Thank you that all our sins have been forgiven. We have redemption through your blood, the forgiveness 
of sins according to the riches of your grace. Thank you for the riches of your grace, Lord. Glory to God. Just see him on that cross. You're forgiven today. You are forgiven. There is therefore now no condemnation. When a building is condemned, it's no good. It's, it's no good for anything. But that's not you. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. Let's partake of the cup in remembrance of Jesus. Wow. Wow, that's what, that's what we say to the cross and to all that Jesus has done for us. Thank you, Lord. I want to pick up where I left off last time. God wants you to prosper. And specifically today, I want to talk about provision in times of famine. We're, we're in <clears throat> a famine economically. Things are different right now. But I got good news for you. <coughs> Things could get worse. That don't sound like good news. <laughs> well, I, I'm not finished. <coughs> Things could get worse in the natural. But we're supernatural people. Yeah. We're different. We go by the beat of a different drum. We are in this world, but we're not of this world. Thank you, Lord. We're in the kingdom of God. And um, talking about, we'll get to this, but things that, you, things that you eat and drink and wear, provision in your life. Um, don't worry about none of that stuff. Because God knows you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Romans 14, 17 says that the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it's righteousness, it's peace, and it's joy in the Holy Spirit. We're in the kingdom. This is how we function. We know, we, we operate, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And I, I mentioned this before having been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God. And we also have joy. What's righteousness? Right standing with God, that you are not guilty, that, that we are acceptable to God. We are entirely pleasing to God. We are not guilty. And because we're righteous, we've got benefits. Blessings are on our head. Don't be afraid. I don't care what they're talking about on a job, layoffs or whatever. You may be laid off. You may be without a job right now. But I want you to know that God has provision for you Amen. right in the midst of famine. And I'm not talking about just um, sustaining and, and holding on. I'm talking about abundant provision and a full supply. Amen. We looked at it last week in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. And I want to share another scripture with you from that chapter. On the cross, Jesus became poor. That you, through his poverty, might become rich. Jesus took your poverty on the cross that you could be rich. Say, I'm rich. I'm rich. Say it like you... Like you like you really believe that. I'm rich. Jesus made me, say, Jesus made me rich. Jesus made me rich. Glory to God. What does that mean? Rich, abundant provision and a full supply. Ooh, thank you, Lord. Jesus came, John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal to steal your finances. 
to kill, to destroy. Jesus said, I'm come that you may have life and, and have it more abundantly. Thank you, Lord. We have life. What's life? That's zoe in the Greek. It means life as God has it. God appeared to Abraham and he said, I am almighty God. In the Hebrew, what that means is, he, he said, it means I am your rapidly increasing money supply. It's just, just look that up. Like I, when, when he said, I am almighty God. Hallelujah. Man, that's exciting stuff. See, because when, when he says, I, I am your God, that means he's everything to you. He's not, not just in your finances, in your health, in your relationships, in every area of life. He is with you to, to prosper you, to help you. You've been given the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of us to be our helper. Everything about, everything about God is about increase. Thank you, Jesus. So I want you to expect increase. And that's just the introduction, man. But I want, want you to see in the same chapter that tells us what Jesus did for us on the cross. And in the context, he's talking about finances in chapter 8 and chapter 9. We're going to look at some stuff in chapter 9. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace bestowed on the churches of Macedonia that in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty. Whoa, whoa, whoa. deep poverty? Sounds like famine to me. See, this affliction, this is talking about a, a famine. Okay, in their, in, in their life. And so, uh, deep poverty, deep, not just poverty, deep poverty, it abounded to the riches of their libera liberality. See, when you give by grace, you give with joy. See, grace people are generous. See, now we know because of grace, we're not, I used to, <laughs> I used to teach, man, uh, if you if you don't tithe, you got a is a curse on you. And if if you take the tithe and go to the mall and buy some shoes, you 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 got cursed shoes. <laughs> I used to teach that stuff. See, well, see that was the old covenant. All right. Will a man rob God? <laughs> you say, where is we we robbing? In tithes and offerings, you rob God. Any God robbers out there? I'm not asking y'all. I'm just, this is what I used to teach, okay? But that's under the law, okay? And we found out that now we're, we're free in a new covenant to give freely, to be generous because we got a generous God. And some people, their response to, oh, man, we, you, mean, you mean to tell me? That if I don't tithe, I'm not cursed. Woo, I ain't giving nothing now, man. <laughs> Woo, I can go and get that dress. I can go buy them shoes. Oh, sookie, sookie now. <laughs> See, grace doesn't make you close fists. And some, some pastors are, are afraid to teach this because they think the people, they ain't going to give no more. But I can tell you, uh, at first our giving went down a little bit. But you know what? When you, te when you teach giving under grace, praise God, and people really get it, and the more grace people get, the more, the more uh, liberal they get in their giving. You understand? We're free to give. Because grace doesn't make you tight fists. Makes you generous. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And that's what, that's what happened with them. 
even though it didn't make sense for them to give. Can you still, can, 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 can y'all get excited with me? They, listen, they had no reason in the natural to give. They could have been closed fit. I didn't give, shoot, I could, we could barely pay the bills. We could barely eat. We got to keep it. But no, because they're under grace, it opened their heart wide open. And you do stuff that don't make no sense. (laughs) Don't make no sense in the natural. You open your purse, you open your wallet. Thank you, Jesus. And because the Bible tells us, um, I'm not going to read both of these chapters, all of it, but uh, it talks about how to give, to not give under compulsion. Anybody been in church when they have their, okay, we're not going to let nobody leave here until everybody, until we get 20 people to give $100. We need 20 people right now to give $100. They, they might not lock the doors and tell you not to leave, but, but uh, they'll keep the service going on. Anybody been in places like that? And you feel like, man, you feel like you're under compulsion. That anybody in the chat room, uh, <laughs> comment section, anybody ever been in services like that? Thank you, Lord. These people, people here in front of me now, they haven't been in church that long. <laughs> that might be a good thing. If you didn't experience stuff like that, man, you feel pressure. I was in a service one time. I was actually in the pulpit. And a guy was putting some pressure on some people. I'm not talking about 20 years ago. I'm talking about in recent times. And there was a, uh, he was calling for a certain amount of money. And he turned, and there was a, I was in the preacher section in the pulpit, and there was a guy in back of me, and he turned and ag- addressed that individual. Thank God for his grace Yeah, he didn't say nothing to me. <laughs> uh, I, I would have needed much grace. <laughs> Amen. But he, 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 uh, I guess he met the guy or knew the guy somehow uh, in the back of me, and he turned to him. This is while the service is going on. This is publicly, not privately, publicly. He said, you're not going to give anything? You're not going to give? And the guy, and he said, I don't have it. This played out publicly. And I'm like, dang. <laughs> wow. See, does that sound like the spirit of God? Come on. And I'm sure this is, you know, this is a nice man. But uh, the Bible talks about giving the way that you give, not under compulsion. God loves a cheerful giver. Now, shoot, here, here it is, shoot. Now, no, we, we ought to give cheerful and knowing that the God will multiply your seed song. Glory be to God. I want to read this. I, 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 I don't have this queued up. Have have some patience with me. I want to read this from the Amplified. Um, I believe verse. Uh, uh, six. Seven. No, we're going to read that later. I want to get to a specific thing here. Um, hmm. You so sparingly reap sparingly, not going to get up. Yep. Okay. Well, we'll just read it again later. But I want you to see this out of the Amplified. Let, let each one give thoughtfully and with purpose, just as he has decided in his heart, not a preacher deciding it for you, not grudgingly nor, listen, nor under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver and delights in the one whose heart is in his gift. And God is able to make 
all grace. Let's just deal with all this right, right here while I'm here, and we won't have to come back to it. Save us some time here. Um, back up to verse 6. Um, now, remember this. He who sows sparingly. Now, connect this with chapter 8. He's still talking about the Bible wasn't written in chapter and verses. He's still talking to the same group of people that they're giving under grace. And here's what God said. Here's what happens when you give under grace. Y'all get excited about this. Come on, somebody. Now, now remember this. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows generously that blessings may come to others will also reap generously and be blessed. So when you give, when you sow in the good ground, Summit Church is a good ground, Summit Nation. We, we're good ground. And when you, you help us to reach more and more people, you help us to be a blessing to others, it's a win-win, and God will also bless you. Let each one, did you see it? You'll reap generously and be blessed. Let each one give thoughtfully and with purpose, just as he has decided in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver and delights in the one whose heart is in his gift. And God is able I want you to know he's able today. Thank you, Lord. Instead of just saying God is able, and, and, and it's good to say that, but let's connect some stuff. Let, let's say some stuff after that, too, sometimes. Amen? That God is able to make every grace, every favor, an earthly blessing, not spiritual blessing, earthly blessing come to you, listen, in abundance to you so that you may always, under all circumstances, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency in everything, being completely self-sufficient in him. Not just self-sufficient, but self-sufficient in him. And have because our sufficiency is of him, yeah. as we depend on him, and have an abundance for every good work and act of charity. Thank you, Lord. As it is written and forever remains written, he, the benevolent and generous person, scattered abroad, he gave to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now he who provides seed to the sower. God will give you the seed to sow so that you can reap. Now he who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will provide and multiply your seed for sowing, that is your resources, and increase the harvest of your righteousness, which shows itself in active goodness, kindness, and love. You will be enriched in every way so that you may be generous. You see, grace makes you generous. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, um, in the Old Covenant, Isaac, there was a famine in the land. And we'll, we'll, let's look at Genesis chapter 26. Let's look at some examples of provision in time of famine. Isaac, in Genesis chapter 26, it says, now there was a famine. But what did Isaac do? He sowed in that land. I've got the scripture in the notes. It don't look like we'll probably get to it today, but there's a principle that's in the earth. I know we're under grace, but there's a principle. Seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping. As long as the earth remains, 
seed time, and harvest. Now, well, I'm under grace. Well, let's say you're a farmer and you have, uh, you got a field and you got corn seed, you got wheat seed, but you don't plant it. Come harvest time, they ask you, uh, where's your corn? Where's your wheat? I'm under grace. Well, I'm, I'm just expecting a harvest. You know, I'm, 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 I'm under grace. Now, let me say this. We're blessed already. You're blessed before you give. You're blessed because of Jesus. Amen. You don't, listen, this is very important. You don't give to get blessed. Amen. You're already blessed. We give generously because we're blessed. Amen. Well, that's right, Pastor. I'm going to wait till I'm, I'm a millionaire. Then I'm going to... You didn't hear what I said. You're already blessed. It doesn't... Uh, you just said I give because I'm blessed. I ain't blessed yet. When I'm blessed, I'm going to give. No, you're blessed because of Jesus. Yes. These Corinthians had deep poverty, but yet they gave because they're already rich. He told them that Jesus became poor, that you might be rich. They're, they're rich already. I mentioned last time Joseph in Potiphar's house. He was a successful person before he did anything. See, because eventually somebody's going to see your blessings because the material blessings going to show up. It goes on to say, see, Joseph was blessed because the Lord was with him. And then it said his master, Potiphar, saw that the Lord was with him. <laughs> Why? Because everything he did prospered in his hand. See, people are going to eventually, it's not going to always be on the inside. It's going to come out on the outside. It's going to manifest, and people are going to see, man, that's a blessed person right there. The world is going to recognize people that don't know God. They're going to see that the Lord is with you. If they can't see the Lord, but they can see you're blessed. Ooh, hallelujah. So we don't give in order to be blessed. We give because we are blessed. See, this is a law in the earth of seed time and harvest. It's not just talking about agriculture. And we know that from what we just read. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, right? He's talking about material things, sowing. All right? Seed time, harvest. Okay? Isaac, he was blessed already. But he, he sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. We should expect harvest from our giving. Bless people. The Lord blessed them. Here, here's another situation. You tell them I'll call them right back if, that, if, if that's for me. Thank you, Lord. Tell them that that bacon is, is, is in the refrigerator. You just didn't look hard enough. <laughs> We just had a phone ring in here, praise the Lord, having a little fun. Okay, um, here's another situation with uh, Joseph in, in Egypt. There was, a, there was a famine in the land, and uh, Joseph had interpreted this dream of Pharaoh, and he, he, uh, it was a prophecy. That, that dream was actually a prophecy Joseph interpreted for Pharaoh that there would be seven years of famine um, preceded by seven years of abundance. 
And then um, Pharaoh put Joseph in charge of the whole land. And uh, he was second in charge under Pharaoh. And the Lord gave Joseph wisdom. We ought to pray for wisdom. I mean, God, God can give you some wisdom on the job that, that, that will give you the ability to figure out stuff that can't nobody else figure out. And he gave Joseph wisdom that they were to store up in the years of abundance, store up food and grain. So that when the seven years of famine happened, they'd have more than enough. And that's exactly what happened. In fact, Joseph had so much grain stored up that they couldn't count it anymore. They, had, they just stopped counting. They had so much of a, an abundance of grain. And so when the seven years of famine hit, they had, they had enough to take care of not only Egypt, but the nations around them. It says here, uh, in verse Genesis 41:56, so when the famine had spread all over the land, Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians, for the famine was severe in the land of Egypt. He actually sold to people who didn't have no food, and and nations would come from all around. He even sent, and and then God provided for his family, not just him. And Egypt, but his family, he sent for, for his father and his brothers to come. And they were taken care of in abundance. Thank you, Lord Jesus. They, they had a special uh, uh, land for them over in, in Goshen. Praise God. They were blessed. Amen? So God prospers his people. God, God sees you right now. He knows what's going on if you're... Uh, having financial trouble right now, financial difficulty, financial challenges, financial problems. Uh, look to Jesus and declare that you're already blessed. Ask the Lord to give you wisdom. Declare that you are rich. You have an abundant provision and a full supply. Expect increase. Expect. Don't look at the news. I mean, it's okay. I'm, I'm not saying don't watch the news, but don't get caught up in it and believe bad reports. We have a good report. Yeah. <laughs> Psalm 103 says, he satisfies our mouth with good. He's able to do. Say, God, say this. Say, God is able to do for me exceeding abundantly above all that I can ask or think. Start thinking big. Get your eyes off of yourself and look to Jesus. You serve your heavenly father. One of his names is El Shaddai. He is the God who is more than enough. Thank you, Lord. Man, I see some great stuff happening for you. If you can just see what I see. Summit Nation, God is setting you up. He's, he's working things together right now for your good. I, I, I've, been, I've been praying um, and just asking the Lord to help me to operate more in the, in the gifts of the Spirit. To, to just uh, I'm, I'm learning to dial in more, listen more. The Bible says to desire spiritual gifts. Amen. We, we need the spiritual gifts in operations, in operation in our life. And, and, and it's not only the pastor that can operate in spiritual gifts. You can too. Matthew chapter 26. Look at the birds. Thank you, Lord. I had an amazing experience, um, and you can check it out online if you want to. I went outside and on Friday. I typically do these daily confessions, come online on the Summit Church page, and um, there was some noise, uh, some construction going on across the lake, 
Uh, and, and you could hear that really good. But what was really cool, <laughs> I mean, I had just a lot of outside noise going on. But uh, in the midst of that, the birds were singing. And it was like, and I had two people come, uh, Carla commented and a, a pastor friend of mine in um, Texas uh, was watching. And he didn't hear what Carla said. Carla uh, said it to me. And I don't know, did you put it in the comment section? She put it, okay. Yeah, but, but anyway, uh, she commented and, um, and he commented. He said, man, it seemed, I didn't listen to all of it. He said, but um, it, was, it seemed like the birds were saying amen. I mean, they were just chiming in as, as I was making these confessions and we were, uh, uh, people were saying confessions after me. It was like the birds was, was chiming in. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It made me think about that. Look at the birds. Hallelujah. I think that's interesting that God put this in here talking about what we'll eat. Uh, verse 20, 25 tells us, don't be anxious about your life, what you'll eat, what you drink, and so forth. He said, look at the birds. And, and your heavenly father feeds them. It, it could have just said, look at the birds. The God takes care of them. But why put this in here? They don't sow and reap. Well, it's obvious that birds don't sow and reap. Why even put that in there? That's not, that's for you. We sow and reap. We look at that verse sometimes in Philippians 4.19, a very often quoted uh, scripture, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If you back up a couple of verses, though, it said that no church communicated with me concerning giving and, and receiving except you only. That church at Philippi, they were a giving church. He said, you were the only one that communicated with me in giving and receiving. Give, see, giving, there is no giving without receiving. There's no seed time without harvest. There's no sowing without Fill in the blank. It's a participatory uh, message right now. Let me rewind about 20 seconds. There, there is no seed time without what? There's no sowing without? There's not giving without? You missed a good place to shout. God even takes care of the birds. They neither sow nor reap. Obviously, I mean, see, Jesus is teaching here. Jesus, Jesus wasn't writing this. He was teaching. Obviously, there were birds. And he was calling their attention. He said, like, look at these birds. Look at them. And we don't have any birds in here. But just think about, think about the birds. Sometimes just go outside and just look at the birds. I do that sometimes. It's just Carla loves birds. She likes how they fly in the formation and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and they're just singing early in the morning. We have a lot of birds uh, at, at around our house in, in, in these bushes and, uh, or the trees, rather. And, and, they just, uh, and they just sing. They ain't not worried about nothing. So look at them, man. Just see how they're not worried. Just carefree. Huh? They're not wondering, I wonder what we're going to eat tomorrow. I wonder if we're going to have enough for next week. No, they just get up and sing, and they're loud. They're right outside our bedroom window, and they are loud. They just sing, and they love when, when I, they, they loved it when I went out there and was doing those confessions. Man, they were just joining in. That's right. Preach. 
Say that. That's right. Accepted and approved. Not average. Not mediocre. Talk about it. And they just sang behind that. So look at the birds. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in the bars. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? You are of high value. Thank you, Lord. You're more valuable than the birds. Thank you, Lord. Verse 32, we looked at this for the Gentiles seek after all these things. What things? He's talking about um, what you eat, what you drink, what you wear, and so forth. The Gentiles, pe people that don't know God, they seek after these things. Yet, watch this, whatever you're faced with financially, your Heavenly Father knows you need these things. He knows about you, and He cares about you. But seek first. See, don't, think, don't seek after things, and don't try to figure it out on your own how you're going to make it. Know that you know, you're going to make it and you are a success again. Why? Because Jesus lives in you. The Lord is with you and you are successful. Don't try to figure out how he's going to meet the need. Trust him. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Focus on the fact that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? First Timothy chapter 6. Say, I'm generous. I'm generous. See, that, that, that's your nature. You don't have to try to be generous. You are generous. First Timothy 6, 18. They are to do good, to be rich in what? In good works, to be what? Generous and ready to share. Hallelujah. See, you have, a, you have uh, as a pastor, I'm not the only one that has the Holy Spirit. You have the same Holy Spirit on the inside of you as I have. Thank you, Lord. And um, I had somebody call me the other day. And you just had a question just about, about harvest and different kinds. We're talking about um, reaping different kinds of harvest. I mean, because th this, this person is a generous person. This person is a giver. And, 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 and he wanted to know more about, about reaping. He had a question about it. And um, thank you, Lord. That, see, and this is what I'm talking about. This, this individual has a generous heart. Grace, grace is, he's a grace person, and grace does that to people. Yeah. It'll cause you to want to do good, to be rich in good work, to be generous, ready to share. Watch this, verse 19. Thus, Storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. Thank you, Lord. See, so what does that have to do with being, being uh, generous, ready to give? You're storing up for yourself for the future, a harvest for your future. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Um, okay. Um, I want to finish this because I got just a, a little, little bit of meat left on this bone here. Because let's just go through this really quickly. Um, I could spend more time with this, but let's look at the difference between 
uh, a person under law and a person under grace. Actually, they're side by side in Luke chapter 18 and uh, Luke chapter 19. The rich young ruler. Anybody ever read that story? Uh, let's look at verse 18. 18, 18, Luke. And the ruler asked him, uh, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Now, Jesus ministered under the law, understand. And he said, you know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And he said, all these I have kept from my youth. He said, I kept them all. And Jesus just gave him a little sample of them. He said, I kept them all uh, from my youth. And, uh, but Jesus heard this. And he said, one, uh, one thing you still lack. See, the scripture says if you try to keep the, if, if you keep the whole law but stumble in one point, you're guilty of all of them. See, God doesn't grade on a curve. He didn't give, the, he didn't give Israel the law to keep. He gave, it, he gave them the law to break. The law was never given uh, to make a, a person righteous. The law was given to bring a person to the end of himself. And that's what he's doing with this, with this rule. He's bringing them to the end of himself. He said, one, one thing you lack, he said, sell all you, ha sell all you got and give to the poor. Because Jesus is addressing an area where he lacks. Sell all you have, distribute to the poor, and you have treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. When he heard these things, he was sad, for he, he was extremely rich. He's tight fists. Because he's, you know, he's law-centered. He thinks he kept all these laws, but, you know, he come running to Jesus, but he, he goes away sad. He didn't even offer to give a quarter. A shekel, anything. He's like, I'm, I'm out. But yet, right in the next chapter, I don't believe that this is an accident that they're side by side in the Bible. In chapter uh, 19, you got Zacchaeus. And Jesus was passing through, and Zacchaeus, he was a, a, a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And tax collectors in that day, not unlike today, uh, were despised. <laughs> okay. And um, so it says that he was seeking Jesus who was um, on account of the crowd. Or he was seeking to see Jesus, um, but he couldn't because he was small. So he, had, he got up in the tree and in the sycamore tree. Let's see, verse 5. When Jesus came, he looked up. Now, that shows you something. He really had a desire to go after Jesus. I mean, to, to climb that tree just so he can get a glimpse at him. And so Jesus saw him. He said, Zacchaeus, come on down. I'm coming to your crib. It's like, oh, wow. So he hurried, came down, received him. Joy, man, Jesus, come to my house. Watch this. And when they, when they saw it, he's religious folk. They all grumbled. He had gone to be the guest with a man who was a sinner. And watch this. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I will restore it fourfold. Wow. Wow. I said, wow. Here it is. Jesus didn't ask him to do a thing. This guy was a sinner, all right? But yet, Jesus received him, gave grace to him. I'm coming to your house. See, it's the, people think that just giving the law to people will make people to repent. Repent means to change your mind. But the Bible tells us it's the goodness of God that will cause people to repent. When, when, when you tell people how good God is, 
it'll cause them to change their mind because a lot of people think that God is angry with, with them. Do you know most of the world, even most of the people, I'm not just talking about third world countries, I'm even talking about people in the United States, most people have not heard the gospel. Most people in, sitting in churches right now have never heard the gospel, that God is good. That he's not, he didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He didn't give Zacchaeus the law. He showed him his goodness. And Zacchaeus said, listen, I'm going to give half my goods to the poor. If I stole anything from somebody, I'm going to give it back to him four times as much. Jesus didn't tell him to do that. Grace did that. And Jesus is grace personified. When a person encounters Jesus, you open your heart up. Jesus didn't ask him to do this. But he was just overwhelmed by the person of Jesus that he just wanted to do right. If you believe right, you live right. It's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. Last scripture, give and it will be given to you. Good measure. Press down, Luke 6, 38. Shaking together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. We are generous because of the grace of God in our lives. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word today. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives.